The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitcherless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is February 28th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you realize that Major League Baseball games, official games, will be starting next month and tomorrow is March? Yeah, that is the intro today. I know, not my best, but we have some quick news I do want to talk about. Uh, Tyler Glasnow has an oblique injury. He's apparently out six to eight weeks. Now you think, oh, well, he's, that's all right. It's you know May, March 1st. That means he's back May 1st. Yes, but no, oblique injuries are weird. And they kind of linger around. We already had some concerns about Glasnow. They asked to ramp in again, and then the limited innings. It's really hard to anticipate over 100 innings at this point, I think, for Tyler Glasnow. It's not a fun pick to make. I have to lower him to about, I'd say, 50, 55 in my ranks, considering this injury. Uh, And that's even being generous. The one benefit is that he is in your IL spot, and you're likely not to have your IL spots uh, filled up by the time he comes back. So you can do that and then get an extra bench spot for the beginning of the year, which is very valuable in uh, in your daily leagues. And that's a huge thing, but it's also, I don't know how much you're going to see of Tyler Glass and how effective that will be. It's a big, big risk in your draft, so plan accordingly. Say Suzuki is also dealing with an oblique injury. Monitor that one. Gavin Lux had a horrible injury. On the base pass, what I hear is he's out for a long, long time this year. Buster only put that out. There's a lot of talk about it. Just expect Gavin Lux to kind of be out for this year, and that's really, really unfortunate. How are the Dodgers going to handle this? Um, Theoretically, Mookie Betts could go back to the infield, but who plays short? Is it Miguel Vargas? I I don't know. I I really have no idea what is going to happen there for the infield for the Dodgers. Um, Maybe... There's a trade that happens all of a sudden. We'll find out. Um, We have Joe Musgrove fracturing his toe doing weights as well. That also means uh, the the rotation changes a little bit for the Padres. You have Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo likely there now as the four and five instead of the six-man rotation. Maybe Adrian Morejon sneaks in there. There's Cole Hamels. That was a minor league deal. There's Julio Tejeron. That was a minor league deal. There's interesting stuff that could happen here in San Diego. I love Adrian Morejon. I wonder when he does uh, get an opportunity to actually start for the Padres because, boy, do I think his stuff is legit. Now, about the Rays, by the way, you're wondering, wait, who is the number five now? Likely Yanni Chirinos. It's probably going to be some ridiculous Rays stuff. It was very strange to see a legitimate five-man rotation before. 
And now it's gone. That that idea that the Rays were not going to do any shenanigans is out the window. But it could possibly mean that Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen go a little bit longer because the bullpen is going to have to do more work with Josh Fleming, maybe Taj Bradley and Luis Patino and Yanni Chirinos. They're going to finagle that fifth start, right? So it does mean that the bullpen will be more tired, which might mean that Rasmussen and Springs get a little bit longer of a leash. Same, of course, with uh, McClanahan over there and Eflin. Um, with the Padres, yeah, Lugo and Martinez, congrats, you've made it to the rotation. Uh, hopefully that they can seize the opportunities. Looking forward to yesterday's games, we have, uh, looking forward to, my gosh, you know, looking back at yesterday, we have David Peterson, he had a good slider, uh, fastball was a little bit down in velocity, about a tick, tick and a half. He looks like the number six starter. I imagine the velocity will come back. Uh, Pablo Lopez was pretty fine. Two innings, three Ks, 93, 95. He was about 93.5 last year. So if he's able to sit 94 plus, that's a positive. And it all looks good there. Uh, Max Freed, get this, two innings, four strikeouts. Did not throw a single ball. That's the tweet I saw. It was, it was not televised. That's true. That's insane. I really want to know what the velocity is and how... Uh, the changeup is still utilized. Maybe we get some whiffs and curve uh, from the slider and curve. We don't know. Spencer Strider was only up to 98. That was probably meaning he's sitting 96 or so. But I mean, this was for Freed and Strider. Just like go out there and go through the routines. Do not do it full intensity. Just get into the rhythm. Don't worry. Don't think at all about this. Severino labored through 45 pitches in two innings, but it was sitting 96 despite it. I mean, through high heaters, also introduced the cutter for 16% usage. It was only 8% usage last year. I'm a fan of that. He didn't get the slider or cutter down, and that's why he allowed the foreign runs and all. Don't worry. First start of the year. Good to see the 96 velocity there and the high fastballs. Aaron Nola velocity was down about two ticks, 1.5 to 2. It's early. I'm not worried about this whatsoever. JT Brubaker was normal. He did have the slider working for five whiffs, but don't look into that. I watched Forrest Whitley. I actually watched a lot of these. Uh, Forrest Whitley was not impressed. It was not a good enough breaking, uh, no, sorry, heater. He did have a nice late action on the slider. Kind of looked like a sweeper a bit for the one that I liked from him. But no, it does not look like a situation where he would beat out Hunter Brown. Uh, Jesus Lazardo looked solid. Could not find any velocity numbers on it. Uh, but good fastball command, good slider, good change. Got Altuve on a really nice change up. Um, it looked like to start off his game. Jameson Tyone. My understanding is that he was just getting his mechanics in order. He had a filthy breaker pitching ninja featured it. I imagine we'll get a better understanding of Jameson Tyone in his next start. Uh, Shane Bieber, breakers looked good. No velocity rings, I could tell. Again, we're looking for like 93 on Bieber. So if you guys find something like that, that's a huge, huge deal. Uh, Drew Rosinski pitched. And he looks like a Toby at best. He had a slider at 86 miles per hour that was hung to Chris Bryant in a 1-0 count or 0-1 count. And boy, that pitch went far for a home run. Rusinski, yeah, he looks like you're chasing a Toby here. And I don't want to do that in my drafts. Hunter Green, he actually looked good. I watched this one. High heaters galore. Good slider. Sure, they got some singles, but really don't worry whatsoever about this. I'm a fan of Hunter Green. Sean Burke is an interesting one because what the heck are the, uh, not the Pirates, the White Sox doing with their number five spot as Mike Clevenger I do not expect to be starting because he's not a good human. I uh, it, it, Not bad. It was hard to tell with the camera angle. He did try to go high fastballs. He had a big curveball. The slider, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, I, I couldn't really tell. I need to see more of this for Sean Burke, but it didn't look terrible. And there's a lot of helium around Sean Burke with the White Sox, so... 
will get more opportunity with a, he's a big boy and maybe that fastball is a huge uh, thing for him. So I'm curious about that. Um, Ryan Yarbrough, I didn't watch her. You don't need to know anything except that it was just one inning. And that's a huge deal to me because I kind of was thinking that Yarbrough would be pushing his way into the rotation. But if it's just one inning in relief, monitor how many innings he gets at the early signs are that, yeah, he's not starting. It would be two innings, I would think at this point, not one. Um, last two here, and they went against each other. And this is, I want to I want to take a moment to really lean in on Caleb Killian and Brandon Fott. But I'm going to do that after this break. So Caleb Killian was throwing harder, 1.5 ticks harder on his sinker, two ticks on his cutter. Very interesting there. Just one whiff each. And the fifth spot for the Cubs... That should be Hayden Wisniewski's, honestly, um, if there is an opportunity. It could be Adrian Samson. He got knocked around a bit. Could be Keegan Thompson. Caleb Killian, maybe. It is still a sinker, though. And that only goes up to 95. It's not like he's throwing like 98 or something. He looked better. This was a better Caleb Killian than more of the hype that I heard before. I am not necessarily in on this one. Uh, there are a lot of guys that I think have potential at the end of your drafts who... I think would uh, give you a better better impact if it happened to go their way for opportunity. Still, I'm going to be watching this one. I'm curious what uh, the situation is for Caleb Killian. And also keep in mind, whoever is the fifth starter for the Cubs, not a good matchup to begin the year. So you likely wouldn't want to start him in the first start of the season. So Caleb Killian, interesting, but not something that I'm targeting in my drafts. The other side, that was Brandon Fought. Ooh. Oh, the first pitch from the very first pitch fought through. I was in. It's 94-95 on the fastball. And you say, well, that's not that exciting. Think of it like Christian Javier's. This thing explodes at the top of the zone. Super intent for high fastballs. And they blew by guys. Slider and curve have potential. I don't know if they're elite. He threw some curves that were really nice. Threw one to Pete Crow Armstrong that was down and perfect. And got a whiff on it. And it was excellent the slider is more of a frisbee slider got a whiff on that one but it's not really this amazing one that you think oh my gosh like that's gonna get so many whiffs but that four seamer is legitimate and its intent is legitimate it's amazing arm angle on it it blew me away i was at the edge of my seat for brandon fought so here's the situation the diamondbacks have a number five spot open, right? It's Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, and Brandon Fott. We've talked about this a lot. Right now, based on what I saw or, you know, what, what we got from Ryan Nelson so far is that the velocity is down for him and he didn't do well in his first start. I know that I'm overblowing a, a first game of the spring, but that's an early indication to me that Ryan Nelson isn't ready. And normally, young guys fighting for a rotation spot are ready velocity-wise at this point because they want to come out and earn it. And to see him down also with a shoulder injury at the end of the year last year, Ryan Nelson to me feels like it's not going to be him yet. They're going to put him in the minors and they're going to wait and hope that the velocity comes back, make sure he's fully healthy, and then something. Okay, so then it's Dre Jameson's spot to lose. And he did well in his first one. He did fine enough and he should have it in my book. But if Dre Jameson falters in some fashion... And Brandon Fott keeps performing at this level. I think Brandon Fott legitimately has a chance to have the number five spot. So really fun to take at the end of your draft so you can monitor it through spring training. I mean, essentially it's Fott 
it's uh and andrew painter are the main two that i'm focusing on these electric prospects look hunter brown and uh, grayson rodriguez already have it they should already be uh, propelled up your drafts but brandon fought and andrew painter aren't and those guys can still go after the 20th round in your 12 teamers at the moment they have a legitimate shot of having the number five draft uh, rotation spot, and they could be impact players right away. So those are the two I'm focusing on the most um, right now as far as prospect guys go. Uh, I could be forgetting someone at the moment, but that's that's the way I am. You'll obviously hear it inside this podcast if you listen every single day. Okay, now focusing on today's games, who we'll talk about tomorrow. These are the ones on TV that you can watch. There are some others. Also, I'm live on Twitch in the morning doing these, uh, starting at 10 a.m. I'm going to try at sometimes 9 a.m., but 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, twitch.tv slash pitcherless. Tune in, ask all the questions you want. Uh, also, I'll be going over everything um, then, so it's a wonderful time. You should be there. Now, guys to watch today for spring training. So we got Kyle Bradish. We're looking for a good slider or a curveball. Also, does this four-seamer still get cut action, and is it missing any bats if it's not, honestly, I'm still not interested in Kyle Bradish. That's the biggest issue for me, is I really think his fastball is just too susceptible while the slider and curveball are not these elite pitches yet. If they are, maybe it can be the Guardian's method, like Bieber with amazing breakers and a susceptible fastball. But I don't think Bradish is at that level yet. Maybe he could be. Luis Ortiz is pitching for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Does he get a lot of strikes? That's the biggest thing. As long as he's throwing strikes with that fastball and slider, then everything is really good. Uh, also, is this fastball getting whiffs? I think it has too much horizontal movement to get whiffs. I would love to watch that. Zach Wheeler, we want to see him at 96 miles per hour. Jose Brio says he's making a lot of mistake fastballs. That was the biggest thing, honestly, last year is that he didn't get his sinkers inside enough and his four seamers just were not well located, especially against lefties. Um, for both both Luis Garcia and Chris Bassett, I want to see 60% plus breaking balls. I likely will not see it from Luis Garcia, more like 50%. Maybe from Bassett, though, between the curveball, the cutter, and the slider. I just want to see heavy usage on those. Um, same with Luis Garcia. Uh, the cutter and the slider are the major two that I want to see usage on. Also, I'm really curious about the rocking the baby motion for Luis Garcia. There's also Jose Quintana going. Uh, is this fastball going to be up and it's curveball down? That's a huge thing. That's what made Jose Quintana fantastic last year was that elite command out of nowhere. I really hope that he can do it again. Uh, we'll see there. Um, Tristan McKenzie. Uh, I'm going to be writing my my five starting pitching busts this year and after this podcast. And yeah, Tristan McKenzie is going to be on that. Why? Because I have concerns about his fastball. I have concerns about his slider and his curveball. All of his rotation. I should just say his entire repertoire. His fastball is not coming in hard enough. Maybe we see it 94, though. Maybe that can change. His slider command is very inconsistent and he bounces too many curveballs. However, if Tristan McKenzie legitimately doesn't look like a pencil on the mound. That is, if he has gained weight, I actually think that he can develop more consistency with his command. If you gain muscle, it means that your mechanics are more consistent. Essentially, just think you're more stable when you go through the motions. You have more strength uh, to to lift your leg and, and push off better than ever and more consistently on every single pitch, which then leads to better command. So if McKenzie actually gained that weight in the offseason... He's actually the, I think, the number one best shape of my life <laughs> uh, guy that I care about this offseason. So that's a thing actually to look for. Um, Julio Urias, 94 miles per hour on the fastball, please. I remember he was 92.5 to begin last year. I just didn't want that. Also, is this changeup getting whiffs? That'd be cool. Nick Lodolo, I just want to see a good command from him. 
sinker missed too much over the plate last year and the changeup took a step back um, for what I wanted to see from the debut. Uh, I hope Nick Lodolo has that. Uh, Shintaro Fujinami is pitching in the spring. I am so excited to watch that one. Uh, that's going to be really fun. I don't know what to expect. I mean, obviously the splitter and, and heat, but yeah, I want to see that. Um, and then Shoei Otani's on the other side. Like, what? It's Fujinami versus Otani? Are you joking? That's amazing. <laughs> so watch that. You want to see Otani throwing 40% sliders, by the way. Um, a few more that I also added to that tweet. Um, Jeffrey Springs, uh, if he is on TV, I don't think he is. Does he have a good approach against left-handed batters? Um, hopefully he's wearing a rainbow badge. Uh, you have Corey Kluber. Is he throwing 91 miles per hour? 92 would be ideal, but he was also throwing like 89 last year. I don't really find anything interesting about Corey Kluber. So, I don't know. Also get whiffs in your curveball, I guess. Trevor Rogers, does he have good changeups and sliders? His fastball wasn't really the problem last year. Is about that changeup and slider being well mixed into at-bats and being productive. So, Hopefully, he's able to do that. And lastly, we got Drew Smiley. Is he sitting 93-plus on the fastball? And is he locating with the Blake Snell blueprint? Fastballs up, that is those sinkers, and curveballs down. He had a fantastic second half last year, and if he's just doing more of the same in the spring, well, then he gets the Brewers the first side of the year, and I want that in my leagues. But all right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and review it. Uh, it goes a long way for us. So thank you all so much for listening, but that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.